0: Hello and welcome to Paranormal Pets. I am your host, Brandi Stark, and we are doing Saints and Animals Episode 2. So we will finish up with some lesser-known saintly animal phenomena, and at the end of this episode, I do have a uh, recording of an interview from someone who had kind of a, a little bit of a paranormal pet phenomena up in Pennsylvania. So we will get started with all of this right after these messages.
2: Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com.
0: And hey, welcome back to Paranormal Pets. I am your host, Brandi Stark, at least what's left of her, It is still a rainy afternoon in St. Petersburg, and I am hoping to finish up a little bit on the saints and animals and hopefully leave enough time that we can hear from somebody else for once, uh, some exciting stuff. Just to give a quick recap, I am doing this episode in part because I am reviewing for an upcoming trip to Rome, where I do teach world religions to some students from this area who go along for some college credit. So it's really exciting and uh, a great way for me to review my saints, let me tell you. So last episode, I think we finished with Saint Roche and the dog, and this time we are going to talk about Saint Macerius and the hyena. (laughs) Even better. So Saint Macerius was born in Egypt in 300 CE. From his youth on, he had a very mild conscience. I mean, he was very tender hearted. And in fact, there's this great story that says uh, he ate a fig that his friend had stolen and he mourned the sin for the rest of his days, eating a stolen fig. I mean, that's a sanctified person if I've ever heard one. So one day when he was uh, an older adult and he was living in his monkly cell, he heard a knock on his door and he looked out and he discovered a hyena who was actually knocking on his door with her head. In her mouth, she was clutching a whelp and the saint reached out his hand and she put the pup into it. And he looked at the pup all over and then he realized that it was blind. So once he understood that it was blind and this poor hyena, this mother was just mourning her poor child whose blindness, I guess would be ultimately lethal. He spat into the whelp's face, making the sign of the cross over his eyes and immediately the whelp could see and he was able to suckle. He followed his mother away. The next day, the hyena returned to the cell of St. Masarius and again tapped his door with her head. And this time she was covered with the woolly skin of a freshly killed sheep. The saint was horrified and he actually rebuked the hyena for her act of violence. But the hyena stretched before the ground in front of him and bending on her paws as if she was begging him to take it. And he considered the spectacle before him. And he said, well, I told you I would not take that skin, but I will make you a deal. If you promise me that you will never again trouble the poor by stealing their sheep, I will accept your gift. And here's what's interesting. The hyena bobbed her head at him in wordless agreement. And Saint Maserius insisted again that she promised that she would never kill a living lamb and that she would take her prey only from creatures who had died naturally. And the hyena again nodded at Saint Masarius, eyeing him steadily. St. agreed and he said, listen, if you have trouble finding dead creatures to eat, come to me and I will share with you my meal. And the hyena again agreed. From that day forward, the hyena would occasionally visit St. Macerius' cell when food was scarce and he was all too happy to share his bread with her. And he, for his part, slept soundly on the sheepskin for the rest of his days. He lived to be 90 and he is commemorated on January 19th. Then there's St. Columba, And the horse Saint Columba is another Irish saint. He was born December seventh, five twenty one. He was of a royal line, and his life was characterized by missionary zeal. And he was a founder of a monastic order on the holy island of Iona in Scotland, which remains a popular site even today. This man actually wrote something like three hundred books by hand. Two of the books which he may have transcribed, which include the Book of Duro and a psalter called the Cathach are still intact to this day. So there's actually relics out there that he wrote. One of the best legends about this saint involves his white horse. When he was very old and tired, he was making his last pilgrimages. He was visiting his fellow monks and they were working in a field and he was so weak that he could not walk, but had to be carried out in a cart. And when his brother monks saw him, he explained that he had felt a great longing in his soul to go and be with Jesus. He knew his time was nigh, but he decided to linger just a little longer on this earth as he did not want to grieve his brothers during the Easter season. That's a nice guy. I don't want to die and upset you and mess up your holiday, right? So the monks, however, were still upset and um, they turned east and blessed the island and the islanders who dwelt there, but you know, he continued to grow weaker. So St. Columbus shared with one of his friends that he was to die on, on a particular day, which he called his own Sabbath. He was tired from the toll of life, and his Lord had invited him to be with him. And Columbus said that he would die around midnight following the footsteps of his fathers in the faith. And his friend wept. And this poor saint's trying to comfort his friend, even though he is the one who is dying. The saint decided to head back to his monastery one last time, but he was so tired that he had to sit down and rest. And as he was sitting beside the road, his white horse ran up to him and leaned his head against the holy man's chest, drenching his shirt with his tears, which poured into his lap. His friend rose to push the horse away from his beloved friend, but Columba stopped him saying, allow this lover of mine to shed tears on my chest, for this horse being an animal understood instinctively that I was going to be with my Lord, yet you as a man could not foretell this. And so Columba blessed the white horse who had faithfully served him for so many years, and the grieving horse continued on his way, and Columba returned to the monastery for his final vespers. Later that night, when the bell tolled for midnight, Columba returned to the monastery church, but collapsed before the altar, surrendering his soul to God. He died in 597 when he was 77 years old, and he is commemorated on June 9th. Now, This saint is pretty famous. If you have not heard of St. Francis, I don't know where you've been. But St. Francis, I adore. He's the dude that actually has the whole blessing of the animals. His feast day is October 4th. And if you are familiar with the blessing of the animals, what surprises me is that animals become so popular, and I've mentioned this before, that the blessing has jumped from the Catholic Church to all sorts of other denominations. As I said many years ago, I took my pugs, Iliad and Odyssey, to be blessed. This is when I determined that they were probably not Christian pugs, because within that same year, uh, one pug had an eye rupture, and the other pug had an $800 bladder stone that had to be removed. However, they responded very well to Buddhism, so take that as you will. Anyway, St. Francis, I adore. He is the saint for whom our current pope is named, and he would actually go out and preach to the animals. So it's kind of cool one time, St. Francis even tamed a wolf. The wolf had been terrorizing the people of the nearby town, Gubbio, stealing their sheep and even attacking humans. The people had attempted to hunt the wolf, and the wolf was too fierce and cunning to be captured. The townspeople became so fearful that they refused to leave the confines of the city walls. When Francis heard about the wolf, he decided to head out to the hills to see if he could forge a compromise between the wolf and the people, and the townspeople begged him not to risk his life. But he still insisted on speaking with the wolf. And uh, what was kind of interesting One friar and some peasants wanted to go with him, and I think only the friar ended up going. The peasants kind of lost their nerve. But St. Francis was not afraid of the wolf. The wolf, of course, was a creation of God, and that's one thing that St. Francis said about nature, is that nature is a creation of God and is thereby holy. So when the wolf saw St. Francis, it rushed towards him, bearing its teeth and growling, and Francis immediately made the sign of the cross over the wolf and commanded the wolf to never again harm people. The wolf immediately dropped to the ground as if in agreement. St. Francis then lifted his hand to the wolf and the wolf pressed his paw to St. Francis's outstretched palm, sealing the agreement with a pledge. The wolf then followed St. Francis back to Gubbio. There St. Francis explained to the townspeople the wolf's promise to never again steal their sheep or threaten their safety. But he asked them out of charity if they would feed the wolf. And this gets to be really cool. So just like St. Francis, like a a begging monk would do, uh, going door to door asking for alms, the wolf would go door to door asking for food. And the town people would actually feed it. And over time, the wolf became so tame that the people learned to love and care for him. They kept his belly full, and the wolf never again caused any trouble. When the wolf finally died of old age, the town peoples grieved at the loss, feeling as if they had lost some of St. Francis's unique grace, which had lingered with them through the presence of the wolf. Now, that's a nice story. I like that. That's almost an anti-werewolf, right? It's a wolf that finds peace and comfort through the saints so what we're going to do at this point is we are going to pause we're going to have a few little commercial breaks and then when we get back we'll insert a little bit more and uh, add on our live story that recorded at an event we'll be right back after these messages
1: now time for something really scary A word from our sponsors. Paranormal pets will reappear before you can say Bigfoot. Don't run away. Does your dog itch, scratch, stink, or shed like crazy? Come to DynaVite
0: for help. Order a 90 day supply of DynaVite. Everything we tried failed except the DynaVite.
1: Pick up two bottles of Super Mega Fish Oil.
0: Get the third bottle free. Packed with omega 3, DHA, and EPA fatty acids.
1: Super Mega is great for your dog's immune system, healthy skin, and soft, shiny fur. Dogs love it. Try Super Omega Fish Oil. Buy two. Get one free. At DynaVite.com D I N O oh. V I T E.com.
0: Let's talk pets.
1: Let's talk pets on Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLiferadio.com. Did you hear that? Our commercials have mysteriously disappeared. Paranormal Pets is back with our haunted host,
0: our ghost host. Brandy Stark. Stark. Welcome back to Paranormal Pets. I am your host, Brandy Stark. And indeed, I think we have made it through some of the lesser known saints and their animals. I did want to share a couple of things that had been submitted to me. One event happened to me personally, and I, I never quite know how to take this because uh, I am an academic, which means you know I've got a little bit of a line to toe. But on April 3rd, I was trying to get some sleep and the pugs were getting a little bit restless in particular, my old man, Achilles, who is 12 years old and brother to Odysseus and Achilles did something very unusual. Achilles is a very expressive pug. And in fact, I almost call him a debutante. He is one who completely adores attention. And, uh, Even though it was kind of the gray time of dawn and I was kind of awake, I observed him actually sitting up as if he was looking at somebody on the edge of the bed and his tail curled up. He was wagging his tail. That's very unusual for him because he only really does that kind of expression and that kind of body language when somebody's standing there. And I thought, okay. So I was trying to rest a little bit longer because it had been a really, really hard semester. The semester did not end until the first week of May. I'm sorry, my peanut gallery is going there in the background. And uh, the garbage truck came by. And if you are not familiar, the garbage truck is the Pug's arch enemy. So as this truck went by, uh, they all started getting very restless. And I thought they were all going to jump from the bed and bark because that's typically what they do. And the, this is where it gets weird. I swear to you, I heard somebody go shh, and they all went back to sleep. So either I was half asleep, or I just witnessed a miracle because the pugs did not go after the garbage truck. I'll leave that up to you to decide. So the last little bit that I'm going to leave you with for these two episodes. This is a story that I recorded at Paddy's and Friends during one of our investigations. I did want to let you know that if you are in the area and you'd like to see Paddy's and Friends, it is now called the Market on Left Bank. Just a quick update on Paddy's and Friends. They closed and did a whole bunch of renovations. And from what I understand, the ghosts are still there and they handled things very well. But both buildings, which we've actually investigated, have been renovated and restored. That's actually quite delightful. I'm glad to see it and uh, they have their official opening May 23rd. But anyway, while they were still patties and friends, we actually did a Valentine event and uh, this couple came up afterwards and they told me this story of their cat. So I will pause here and we will insert that story and you can decide what you think. So you were in Pennsylvania In Pennsylvania In
2: Newcastle, Pennsylvania We bought a house from It was actually A a pastor had it For like a couple months And he like suddenly left it Didn't want to continue Mm -hmm. To stay there And so we bought it And we renovated it We were going to renovate it But the attic Had um, French doors to it So they were always closed Very tightly and our cats would knock up there in general, and then we would hear noises up there. And we had was a, a little couch, and so we always put the cushions down and very tightly. And then we'd leave, and they'd come back, and we'd be able to stack right, right on top of one another. Okay, so I put them back down again, they come right back, then we get stacked again. Yeah. Like um, and it, kept, it kept happening. He was there one day with the cats, and the cat like walked upstairs, got real freaked out, and then left. <laughs> okay, and um. They they would they would typically not go up there at all,
0: and then we actually renovated
2: that room, and then took the couch out and broke it up in like little pieces and we never again after that. Cool. <laughs> so did the cats I don't know if it the was cats, a couch, or it, was the
0: couch that it was attached to or what, but it was very weird. Did the cats go into the room after the couch was gone, or they just never did?
2: Well, we didn't let the cats in there normally. We always. Okay, oh, if we, we were up close. there. Okay. Yeah. Because we used to hear things like the little plastic balls. It's plastic that ball, balls. We hear it all the time up there. Like, oh the cats up there. But they wouldn't be in the room.
0: Yeah. So you something else was playing with the ball. Yeah. It was very strange. Well, that's pretty cool though. Yeah. So I mean, that's what the, that's what get, the rest we, of us are looking you look get a ball. weird
2: feeling when you walked by, like at night, and you get a very strange feeling because like, the bathroom was right here, and you kept, like walking by there was like a, kind of a creepy feeling. And well, even one time you were going to bed, you heard something up in the attic, I and swear the cats I did. were cats were all three down and. And they were all down with me. There There's nothing up there. So they weren't the up there. the doors were closed. That's pretty cool. Well, she's going to up to death. If you want to add to an odd part of it, we actually yeah. have sold the house to tiny Tim's daughter.
0: Oh, that is wild. Pretty yeah. cool. Yeah. I don't You're know weird. if she had any cats. That'd I do yeah. We just know that the
2: minister who owns the house before us yeah. couldn't wait to get Could not her to that why.
0: I'm sure there's the a little under. bit of a conundrum under. for the poor guy. Yeah, so I'm wondering. That's really cool. Well, thank you for telling me that. And so there it is. I want to thank you so much for bearing with me, listening a little bit to the saints and animals. And at this point, I am going to wish you a very happy haunting. Please remember to support your local rescues. Adopt, adopt, adopt. There are so many animals out there that are in need of homes. For those of you who are not familiar, if you watch the royal wedding, there was a beagle that accompanied the queen and prince. As they approached the chapel, the church, the beagle actually belongs to the new duchess. Apparently he had been found in a forest, abandoned. He was taken to a kill shelter and nobody wanted him. And I think if I remember the story correctly, it was actually his kill day. I think it was very close to him being executed. And our new duchess walked in and adopted him. So he went from being an abandoned beagle in the forest to becoming essentially the pet of Prince Harry and his wife. That is a rags to riches tale. So you can do the same. If you're a prince or princess listening to this, please do this. Please adopt. But don't forget our animal friends. I know they appreciate it and that you give them a happy ending just by bringing them to your home. So with that, I wish you adieu. Try to stay out of trouble, and I'll catch you on the flip side.
1: Pet Life Radio presents Paranormal Pets, where you can always expect the unexpected.